the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Sorry? The human torch was denied a bank loan. What? What an amazing comeback! You just cannot write scripts like this! Hello and welcome everybody to The Final Countdown, a podcast looking back at great finals within the game of football. Uh, I am Lewis, here with my co-host Adam. Hello there. Hello. So it's your turn this week. We teased it uh, on last week's episode that this might be the death of the FA Cup, which is a wonderful headline, uh, but I'm looking forward to hearing more. So Adam, uh, take it away. I thought you'd enjoy that. It's it's narrative aplenty. That's what I like. That uh, is what I run on. Um, but before we get into it, Lou, let's ask the age-old question. The 99 FA Cup final, you were 10. What do you remember? Uh, I don't remember watching this live but that, I think that's because I had no interest in seeing Man United win a, a cup and <laughs> I think I assume that's what would happen because United were United um, and yeah despite I think everyone maybe maybe not but I feel like everyone has a bit of a soft spot for Newcastle is that wrong? I think Keegan's Newcastle yeah. Right yeah. okay yeah I just uh, for whatever reason I grew up with a, a bit of affection for Newcastle so I quite liked them um, I guess they were the closest to my second team probably growing up um, but nevertheless yeah, I thought that Man United would end up winning this, uh, yeah. which they do. So, I, I'm, yeah, they they win the cup final. Again, I don't really know much about the game itself. I know Tamuri Ketsbaya plays, which yes. is not, not important. I just find him a hilarious figure. Um, there's a, yeah, a few things about Tamuri Ketsbaya that crack me up. But nevertheless, I know that he plays. I know that Man United start basically having their their fixed 11. I think there's a few people, I think Ronnie Johnson plays in this, who would be replaced by Yapstam uh, going forward. But other than that, I think it's it's a fairly standard United then when you've got both Neville's, Giggs, Beckham, Skulls. I suppose historically, yeah, but interestingly, it's, it wasn't. And for, oh. for a reason, which as soon as I say this first sentence, you'll realise. Go on. It was the year of the United treble. Of course it was. Of course. I totally hadn't put those two things together, but yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. it was. So they were in the midst of a crazy period of football yeah, where they of obviously um, played in the FA Cup semi-final, one of the most famous games of all time, Arsenal, which, yeah. you know, the Giggs hairy celebration, yeah. uh, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, then <laughs> the they, hairy celebration. You know what I meant? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I just want it to be common parlance that is now referred to as the hairy goal or the hairy celebration. The hairy goal, yeah. Um, yeah. Then a few days later, they... Uh, beat Juventus in the Champions League semi-final. Another very famous game. Yeah. Even if you're not a United fan, like remembering basically Roy Keane taking on Juventus. Yeah, it's, to, to be fair, it's worth saying that as much as I obviously dislike United, mm. when in Europe back then it was like you back the English teams you and did, following yeah, yeah. United in that treble winning like Champions League season is, was amazing. It yeah. was absolutely incredible. Yeah, and they did it the English way, didn't they? In the sense that they uh, they didn't, it wasn't just, it wasn't drama free. No. Like it, you know, it was did everything the hard. Yeah, way. it was great. It was great to watch. It was um when Wednesday, Tuesday, or Wednesday nights became like football nights because yeah, we didn't right. want to miss it. So they had uh, obviously they the semi final and they had the Champions League semi final. They had then had the running of the league. They were going for this treble, and it was very noted mm. that they were going for this treble. And there was, I think, a genuine you know appreciation that it was possible that they would do it. Yeah, and even globally, like a treble is an incredibly rare feat. Like people, I think, because of computer games and stuff, get used to teams winning everything. But in reality, like teams winning trebles is incredibly rare. Yeah, I mean, it's never been done before and never been done since. So I, th I think that's worth, like, I think that's worth noting. I don't, I'd be, I think an English team has never won the league and the Champions League in the same season. Maybe United did it with Ronaldo, but... 
that there's an element where even that's a rarity. Yeah, so the exactly, treble yeah. itself, like, it's unbelievably rare. Yeah. Um, so, you know, United hater or not, it's worth taking a moment to kind of go, wow, how did they actually do this? Yeah, exactly. And how did it play out? Because it was crazy. Um, so it was the year of the United treble. So we'll, we'll kind of um, set it up that way. United had, had clinched the Premier League in the final game. They hadn't run away with it. That's right, yeah. Uh, up against Arsenal in the final game the previous weekend. So they were playing high-level competitive football all the way through yeah. like March, April, May. Mm. Like the intensity must have been full on. Well, it's a must-win game for like 12 games in a row. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you know, you know that uh, Wenger's Arsenal team would have been pushing them all the way. So they, um, they, they reached the FA Cup final probably quite tired. Yeah, you'd imagine that's an understatement, I'm sure. Yeah, so they had um, they had um, amazing thing about their league thing. They'd lost only three league games the entire season. That's, that's impressive. Um, which obviously was bettered by Arsenal a few years later, but ultimately in a year when they were also going for Champions League and FA Cup um, glory, that's pretty impressive. Um, so in in essence, I give it away at the start because obviously they won the treble. The FA Cup realistically was won a few weeks earlier. I think it's worth saying that. Man United played Arsenal at Villa Park in the FA Cup semi-final in in one of the most famous games yeah, of, of the Premier League era. Um, I read uh, some quotes from Gary Neville who was talking about it. He said it was the best game of football I've ever played in. Wow. Uh, and I think all of us in the team say the same thing. Incredible. Um, Incredible which, that it's a semi-final because like, when you think about it, sometimes you could be forgiven for thinking it was a final. Well, in some ways, as we'll find out, yeah. it kind of was like... It, if you can beat Arsenal, yeah, then, they, yeah. I mean, I haven't even mentioned the fact they play Newcastle. Yeah. That's that's how, like they play Newcastle in the final. It's one of the most routine victories in an FA Cup final you'll probably ever see. Um, so, in a way, the the win against Arsenal in the semi final, and the way that happened, uh, Neville goes on the penalty save, Keane sending off ten men, pitch invasion, Giggs's goal. Like all these things, all of that tracked into the same game. It's yeah, crazy. And what's it? amazing about it, barring the sending off, all of that pretty much happened in the last 10 minutes yeah, sure. you know, going into uh, extra time. Um, Gary Neville said that this, obviously, I mean, maybe just to recap, I can't believe there's anybody listening to this that doesn't remember this game, but obviously Arsenal got, a, it was one all, Arsenal got a penalty, minutes to go. Yeah. Bergkamp steps up, Bergkamp isn't going to miss this penalty. Schmeichel goes to his left, saves the penalty, unbelievable scenes. And then Patrick Vieira, one of the most misplaced passes, the most famous misplaced yeah. pass, literally passes to Giggs, doesn't he? On the, it is bizarre. It is. Like you wonder what he had seen or what. Yeah. I don't know who he was passing to. Yeah. Or he just didn't see Giggs. It's really weird. But then Giggs goes on an un- incredible run. Um, Everyone remembers the hairy oh, goal, mate. mate. Yeah, you don't need to describe the hairy jinx, goal to Jinxing in and out of, of England defenders uh, and then beating Seaman at the near post. Um, a, a brilliant goal and just just crazy to watch. One of those, as a neutral, you just end up going, oh, I bloody love football because yeah. you're just watching it and uh, and seeing it happen. And, and, and United um, overcame their massive rivals uh, to get to the FA Cup final. Um, Neville says as well, I always remember after the game, we were being carried off the pitch, um, but Tony Adams and Lee Dixon uh, were standing outside our changing rooms to shake our hands. Wow. That is the one big thing that stands out for me. I remember thinking, bloody hell, these two are proper guys. And <laughs> that's the ultimate compliment that Gary Neville can give someone. They're proper guys. Proper guys. But that is Im- impressive, it especially is cool, because yeah. the rivalry was so intense. Oh, man, like now, life, nowadays, yeah. because there's, um, you know, we talk about the top four, or that that it's yeah, a yeah. wider pool. But back then, it was Man United, it was Arsenal, Arsenal and yeah. it was Wenger and Ferguson. They're, like they hated each other. Yeah. You obviously would see the reaction a few years later with Ruud Van Nistelrooy and Martin Keown when Van Nistelrooy misses the penalty and Keown screams in his face. Like yeah. they really despised each other. Yeah, yeah, huge rivalry. And you're right because it was the only 
It was only two of them. Yeah. It was so intense. Yeah. So, you know, Man United Arsenal was again were, was a neutrals game. That's right, yeah. You would you would tune in to watch it because it was the biggest game mm. that was going to happen. Like, you know, whatever you were doing, make time for that. And you don't have that now. There's a lot more rivalries and a lot more big games. Yeah, sure. But it's not but the same. No, it, um, it didn't reach boiling point. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. The Battle of Old Trafford mm. uh, and all that uh, fuss that was to, uh, to come. Um, Gable, um, Gary Neville's last um, uh, comment with <laughs> this game was... Uh, in all my playing career, this is the only game I remember smiling in. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> Although you'd expect that to be Roy Keane saying that, but yeah, amazing. True. Yeah, it's true. So uh, that was, in a way, you could say the FA Cup was won at Villa Park. Um, but in a way, United had to go through the routine of dispatching a very disjointed, not strong, really Shearer-led Newcastle in the sense that that's why they were strong. Shearer yeah. was back. You said about the fact Shearer didn't score last season. He was back on form in this season. Uh, Rude Hullet was the manager of Newcastle. Now. Oh, now we're talking. Uh, <laughs> Social football. <laughs> you credit him with way too much. I think Rude Hullet, just allow me one or two minutes okay. just to vamp on Rude Hullet because he is the only player that I can ever think of. Make Player? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, he's, yeah. I'm not talking about him as a manager. Right, okay. <laughs> he's basically in the Ronald Koeman kind of uh, mould, where yeah. it's like, hell of a player, but a what very happens? underwhelming manager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rude Hullet as a player is the only one that I can think of, more so even than Johan Cruyff, where he was a world-class striker, a world-class midfielder, and a world-class defender at the same time. He could play sweeper, he could play centre mid, he could go up top and score goals. I don't know anyone that had as much natural ability as Rude Hullet. I think he was absolutely remarkable. Um, but nevertheless, that's all I'll say. But I just think to be I, able to I'm be I'm going to guarantee player, you that's not what all you'll say. No, no, you're right. Yeah, good point. I'll edit that bit out because like, that's a barefaced lie. I've just lied to the listeners. I've lied to you. I've lied to unfortunately, myself. Unfortunately, Lou, the Rude Hullet, the manager, was not. No, it was no, not we can the move same. On past that. Well, unfortunately, we can because <laughs> that's the story. It was worth saying, like, we, we did the 97 Cup final a few weeks ago and Rude Hullet had led Chelsea to an FA Cup final. Here he was two years later, a different team led them to the FA Cup final. Oh, maybe he's not a terrible manager well, then, I don't mate. know maybe what's not. going on there. Yeah, well, he had Zola at Chelsea and Shearer at Newcastle, but <laughs> sure, let's say it was Hullet. Um, so this is kind of really the, the undercurrent to United just storming to victory was that Hullet, he just created this weird, disjointed, divided. People were confused, mm. like just a, a little bit like bad Mourinho, where it's just like, what is he doing here? Yeah. It's just it, that isn't working. Um, so anyway, so as a start of that, he he kept everyone guessing with selection of the team. Um, goalkeeper Steve Harper was recalled instead of Shea Given, but he was unsure up until the day whether it would be him or Given playing. Wow. Uh, which you could say, well, that's not unusual. Like, you know, I don't know. It's different managers, different yeah, yeah. different mentalities. Midfielder Rob Lee said that he had resigned himself to not playing and then was picked on the morning of the game. Bizarre. Right back Warren Barton said that he thought he was in the team until the Thursday uh, and then found out through the coach that he wasn't on the team. So not even through Hullet. But he, so just really weird. Communication was not really top yeah, of Hullet's agenda. He, well, or if he was trying to do something, I don't know what he was trying to do, but... Steve Harper ultimately played in goal. Uh, Rob Lee did play, and the right-back position, Warren Barton, was given to a 20-year-old, Andy Griffin, uh, ah. who had the job of marking gigs um, ah. in... Um, sorry, yeah, given the job of marking gigs that day, having performed a similar role against Ginola in the semi-final. Interesting. Um, I don't so know. There was method behind the madness. Yeah. But, but also, poor Andy Griffin. Mate, you're starting an Cup final. Yes, you've got to mark Ryan Giggs. Uh. And also, I'd argue, like, 
I mean, I'm not a football manager at all, but Giggs and Janola are different players, aren't they? Like Janola's yeah, right footed. So. Yeah, Janola cuts inside yeah. and likes to be central. So that's and a completely different Whereas Giggs job. is a, a kind of touchline hugger. Yeah. yeah, didn't make a lot of sense that one, but you're going to have that a little bit. Uh, anyway, so on the thing that you were saying about. Um, United and their selection and it became a quite a settled team. It obviously wasn't yeah, because sure. Fergie had probably one of the biggest things to navigate uh, in in his old managerial career. Yeah. Um, he obviously had Stam and Rooney and all the rest of it to deal with later in his in his managerial career. But this was quite a big one because Keane and Scholes were suspended for the Champions League final. Yeah, of course. Um, which meant he was heading into a game that they obviously wanted to play with one first choice centre midfielder and Nicky Butt that he didn't want to risk mm-hmm. or he would be going to um, the new camp four days later, I might add. Is it four days? I thought it would be about a week. No, four, four days. days. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the FA Cup final was on the Saturday. The Champions League final was on the Wednesday. Wow. Absolutely crazy. So in true Ferguson fashion is one of those things where he made a big call and it paid off in hindsight. He left Nicky Butt out of the squad entirely. Interesting. Just protect him, yeah. wrap him in cotton wool. You are playing at the new camp. That's your game. Um, Keenan Scholes obviously could play in the FA Cup final um, so they lined up in centre midfield together um, although Keane got injured in this game right? and so wouldn't have been able to play in the Champions League final regardless of whether, well, whether he would have not picked him sure. done the same thing I don't know it's hard to say isn't it but um, so he had to navigate um, this whole situation uh, throughout this game and then heading into Champions League final four days later. It's so interesting because you don't want to compare because it's unfair to compare anyone as a manager to Alex Ferguson, really. But when we talk about communication with Hullet, because yeah. like you said, like managers, I remember Rafa Benitez was famous for, he would tell you on the morning, but that was the same every single week. So nobody was yeah. concerned. They knew they'd get the team in the morning. Whereas Ferguson apparently would literally take players aside and be like, you're not going to play the next three games. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm going to bring you on as a sub to get you some minutes in the fourth game. And then the fifth game, you're starting because yeah. I really need you for that. Like he, if he's playing 3D chess, he yeah. knew Just everything. Just seeing ahead, yeah. 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 Yes, they, I mean, again, they left York out. They left Irwin out. Um, Irwin had a bit of an injury, but they left him out. It, basically, he was almost seeing it as two different teams mm. in a way. And of course, there were players that played in both, but... Um, he was kind of setting himself up, right, there's a game here we want to win and there's a game there we want to win. How are we going to do both? Yeah, He didn't, it's interesting what happens, which we'll get to, but he didn't effect- effectively say the FA Cup final doesn't matter. No. The Champions League final is the one that matters. He was like, we're going to win both, which is ballsy yeah, as you, you like. you love that, don't you? You do, He's you a absolutely natural do. Ball winner, yeah. So anyway, on to the match itself. You just cannot write scripts like this. So I'd love to be able to tell you about a great game. Well, then go ahead. <laughs> but, Just invent some narrative for me. Well, what can, I mean, Newcastle fans won't like this, but what really we're, we're describing here is a, is a training exercise in, wow. in, 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 in reality. Yes, Newcastle were there. And of course they wanted to win it. I think in some <laughs> Yes, way, Newcastle were there. <laughs> I think in some ways, because of the way that Hullet set himself up, he mm. didn't give much... He didn't give his team much. Um, I did um, realise that Nobby Solano played for Newcastle at the time, who I have a lot of affection for. Everyone loves Nobby Solano. Yeah, he was in my fantasy team for years. So I remember when he left Newcastle, I, I, I'm i definitely going to fudge the details, but it was something like the Chris Moore's Breakfast Show. Yeah. They sent out a reporter to... Um, to St. James's Park on the day that they sold, obviously, cult hero, fan favourite, Nobby Solano. And he was walking, whoever the reporter was, was walking along, walking along with a portable ice cream 
um, carrier shouting out, you may have lost Solano, <laughs> but I brought you Soleros and was handing out Soleros to people. And then on the air, some Geordie fans started um, like berating him, having a go at him, threatening him, telling him to like piss off and all this kind of stuff. And I think it was someone like Chris Moles is like wetting himself oh, back in the yeah. studio. But I, I just really remember this. Uh, it does sound whole, like something. Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. It was great. That is good. So Solano was a, a part of the first chance, a bit like last week where there was a chance that almost kick-started the, the champions in waiting into, mm-hmm. into action. So United kind of were going through a bit of the motions, knocking it around nicely, but not really making any kind of forward motion at all. Uh, and then this chance early on, uh, I think it's 15th minute, Shearer headed uh, back across the goal, Solano in for a chance. But he, if he'd hit it nice, it, would, it could have troubled Schmeichel. It's one of those ones where he just scuffed at it. Uh, and, and Schmeichel saved it easily, really. But it was like, that was a better chance than the save made it look yeah, like yeah. in the end. Um, but it almost gave United a bit of like, oh, crap, we actually do have to play yeah. and score and win this game. And then also, moments like that, I think, playing, if you are a Newcastle player, you must be thinking, like, we need things to go well for us today. We need to... And yeah. then when something like that happens, you it must kind of just play into a narrative of... Oh, yeah, I mean, Shearer has said in... in um, more present day talking about this game like obviously looking back he knew now that he was playing that day against the treble champions elect yeah, sure. uh, and they he said we needed them to not play well I mean which is it's crazy it's not, it's, yeah it's not really it's going into a cup final with that mentality yeah, of like yeah we're going to do our best but they need to not turn yeah, up yeah exactly is, is how he saw it um, typically Roy Keane was flying into tackles because he wasn't he's playing. Nothing, yeah, I was about yeah, to say, he's got nothing to yeah, lose. Yeah, so he was absolutely flying in. Uh, a bit of Vinnie Jones uh, about it. But interestingly, he actually injured himself in a tackle um, with Herman. Oh, Didi Herman. Uh, yeah, who was at uh, Newcastle by that point. Um, so he injured himself. So actually, Keane hurt his left ankle in the tackle uh, and had to be substituted. And it was through that that almost brought about the shift that helped them win right. this game. Interesting. Which is interesting, yeah. So what happened is... Um, uh, Keane went off uh, 35 minutes gone the usual central midfield standing Nicky Butt wasn't on the bench because he's of been course, arrested yeah. in the Champions League so Ferguson had a bit of like oh I've got to make this work so we saw David Beckham move into the centre of midfield for the first time that's really interesting yeah thought you'd like that yeah I do like that so Teddy Sheridan came on uh, to play alongside his great friend Andy Cole <laughs> uh, and while uh, Beckham would move into the centre of midfield Solskjaer would then move um, to the right wing in- that's so interesting. I had no idea he shifted all that. Ferguson was a like a yeah. genius. One. I mean, you almost hate to say it, but he was like you can't really be a f- a larger than your club football fan and not appreciate Wenger yeah. and Ferguson. Absolutely, because you know. again, it sounds like archaic, but nowadays shifting systems is is bread and butter. That's yeah. what managers do. But back in the day when it was four four two, so many managers would be like, "No, we play four four two, so we'll force a player into an unfamiliar." Right, that's um, exactly position, it, isn't it. Whereas yeah, 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 yeah. for Ferguson to think on the fly back then, way ahead of everyone else, actually, no, I'm going to move people around. I'm going to like change systems. That, yeah. that changes things entirely. Absolutely. And he said in, in one of his 19 autobiographies <laughs> that moving Beckham into the middle of midfield was a risk because that would mean that he would be using much more energy yeah, than he would. More probably, likely to get. Probably t- more physicality injured, than energy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So it was like, oh man, am I not going to have Beckham for the Champions League final yeah. if he picks up a knock? 96 seconds after that change, Man United take the lead. 
I mean, I mean, that's crack, isn't it? I mean, for a manager, you must think you must smug. be st- stood there going, "I am God." Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do anyway. It's just little... just turn around and go, like, "Thank you." Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was all me. So some great work. Ironically, the the pay- the players that have been moved around actually created the goal. So some great work between Beckham and Sheringham. Sheringham got man of the match. He was brilliant in, in this game. Uh, really quality. Uh, so Beckham, Sherman uh, and Cole released Skulls, who then played it back. Classic Skulls. Like, I paused it on YouTube. Yeah. Because the pass wasn't, it's not there. You it's not obvious. It. No. Even but, from a bird's eye view, you yeah. can't see it. And it's such a simple pass. Yeah. He just literally knocks it to the right of a defender and Sherman runs onto it, hits it first time through Harper's legs. You kind of, why is Harper come out? Yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't, you watch it, you're like, I don't know why he came out, but he did. Yeah. Sherman hits it, but it's, it's Skulls. It's it's one of those things when people go on about how great Skulls was. It's the simple things like that you you forget. There's a great phrase that always reminds me of players like Skulls that was that goes something along the lines of um, talent hits a target no one else can reach, but genius hits a target no one else can see. And it's it's that <laughs> thing good, of like yeah. yeah, there are some people that can do amazing things, yeah. but like you say, it's players that can see three moves ahead yeah. and see things like you said that you can't even see from a bird's eye view no. and they can just they just know instinct it's just the vision of it is brilliant and it's it understated no one bangs on about it but it's just one of those things where you watch it and you kind of go God, how did he see that like yeah. a goal from nowhere he's in the middle of the, middle of the pitch mm-hmm. and he just plays a 15 yard pass along the floor side foot there's nothing special <laughs> yeah, about it yeah sure but ultimately it creates a goal and i guess that's what it's about so um united go into half time a goal up uh, and then this is where the wheels come off really for it yeah um, and for Newcastle, any chance that he was going to bring him in at halftime and, you know, do like you were talking about last week, you know, kind of um, getting the momentum to shift yeah. back to your Newcastle, let him have a go. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Haman came in, his injury from the challenge with um, Keane had, had, had worsened and basically left him barely able to walk, in his wow. words, barely able to walk. He told Hullet that he could not continue in the match. Hullet lost it got into an argument in, in the changing room at halftime, accused a man of lacking commitment to the club. <laughs> wow. I mean, is that the time? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So anyway, Haman insisted he was substituted off. Newcastle were completely unsettled. Um, uh, Steve Harper talked about the fact that there, w- there wasn't really a halftime talk because this thing... Too bu- yeah, too busy arguing. Yeah, this place. thing happened crazy. and eventually Haman just put his uh, training top on and they worked out who was going to come on. That was it. That was halftime. Wow. So there was no sense of, let's go for it, guys, or anything like that. Just a bit of a mess. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Newcastle came back out. A goal down in disarray. Their manager pissed off because, yeah. you know, he's had a, a fallen out with one player that isn't on the pitch anymore. Uh, and eight minutes later, the lead was doubled. Yeah, there we go. So, I mean, United are great like that. I don't know. Would they have known that? Would sure. they have sensed that? But just kill the Ruthless, game. Ruthless, aren't they? Yeah, it's almost like you can almost imagine, like, Ferguson going... Do it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do it now. This game's over. Uh, and that's exactly it. Yet again, Skulls um, uh, was at the heart of it. Uh, a long clearance um, fell to Giggs uh, on the right side randomly, but I don't know if he'd switched it around, but he was on the right side. Uh, he played it into Sheringham. Sheringham, almost a flip, just like the striker, Shearer, Cole, all those you know kind of known strikers, they would have, back to goal, they would have tried to turn and get a shot yeah. away. Back to goal. He just lays it back to Skulls and then peels off. Nice. Knows exactly what yeah. he's doing. He has no intention of going for a return pass yeah. at all. He's not even looking at Skulls, but he takes the defender. Mm-hmm. So the the, 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 the space the, opens yeah, up. Yeah, Skulls like I'll hit this. 
And he does. Yeah. And if he wants somebody just laying in wait, ready to absolutely spank one. Yeah, so I thought it's his left foot. I thought that because it's not, he hits it. Weirdly, he comes on it almost middle. Yeah. But adjusts to hit it with his left, which I thought was strange. Yeah. And he hits it outside of his left. Of course he does. Coming to a theatre near you. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that. Um, Just a a little bit of, I might put in the sound of, add a little spice to that. (laughs) Now, let me, let me, uh, uh, let me add a little bit of spice to that. Uh, it's a great goal. Again, it's so simple. Like, it's, it, I, I don't, uh, this game just epitomised that. United didn't do anything special. Yeah. But it was just so simply done. And the two goals really epitomised that. It's amazing, really, that they, because it finishes 2-0. It does, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's amazing, really, that United, I guess, because of the nature of what they had coming up they didn't put their foot down and really like turn the screw it's no like i mean just Ferg- did enough. Ferg said that right. they basically shut up shop after that yeah. two nil up against a, a, an all over the place newcastle really keep shearer quiet and yeah. you, you won the game which ultimately they did mm-hmm. um so you know they they saw out the game in probably probably one of the simplest fa cup finals we've covered sure yeah it just there's no sense of jeopardy or yeah it just it's not there it was a lack of drama it just it was just so professional mm-hmm. Just get it done on to the next, which is literally how it was with uh, four days later. Keane led the team up the steps to, despite going off injured, led the team up the steps to lift the cup. I didn't know if that was normal. Like, is the captain still the captain if they've yeah, gone off? Yeah, the, generally speaking. I, I wouldn't have known of like a sub captain going up. No, like, yeah, especially. Because Michael had taken the armband. Yeah, no, it's, it's normally whoever has been the captain throughout the season. Yeah. So I think Liverpool a year or two later when they won their Mickey Mouse treble yeah. um, did a lot where Jamie Redknapp was injured for a lot of the That's game right, so that yeah. he came up in his suit because he was captain for a lot of the season. Yeah. Um, and so like people like him, yeah, we kind of would lift the cups that they won as a joint thing. It was yeah. a bit strange, but yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those that's like Keane's the captain in all... Yeah, I mean, you're not going to argue, are you? No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're Alan Shearer and you just be like... No. True, yeah. <laughs> just staring down. It would have been interesting. This is a great what if of like, what if Shiro joined United? Because obviously yeah. people talk a lot about Ferguson really wanting Shearer. Yeah. And Shearer yeah. like making a decision not to go there. But that would be interesting. Imagine I mean, Keane, Shearer. In, in fairness, Shearer is probably Keane's kind of player. Yeah, true. He just yeah. wasn't his kind of mate. Yeah. <laughs> he, wa- he wasn't, as Gary Neville described, him, a proper guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you get that from Gary Neville, you know, you know you've made it. <laughs> So Keane led the team up the steps uh, and lifted the cup um, to complete. There was a guy with a sign, um, two down, one to go. Is uh, that right? Which I thought was great. Nicely felt tipped. Oh, yeah. He would have been ripping that up if Shearer had shown up. But two, <laughs> two down, one to go. And that was very much the feeling. Um, there was an element where, yes, they celebrated, but there's no stories of aftermath, drinking yeah, and partying sure. and all the rest of it. It was like, that Onto is... the next yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. We need to get to Barcelona. Uh, interestingly, Ferguson declared in his interview after the FA Cup final that he, was, he wasn't he was afraid of going to the new Camp without Keane and Skulls and was hugely complimentary, which I don't know if this is just historical that you feel like he never was. It probably isn't fair, but he was hugely complimentary of Beckham, um, which feels weird well it's because of the way it ended yeah and things that came out like you said in one of the 19 biographies <laughs> yes yeah. yeah people color it after the fact but yeah yeah until until the uh rope started to fray as it were yeah like beckham was the poster boy but he was the poster boy for the ability of that class of 92 yeah. as well yeah, like true. he was and probably his work ethic yeah which in fairness to him did remain but the work ethic and the dedication all the rest of it 
I think Ferguson liked that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was hugely complimentary of uh, Beckham and man of the match, um, Sheringham. Uh, and uh, yeah, th- th- he was like, yeah, that's if that's the team we have to go with. Obviously, knowing he had Nicky butt up yeah. his sleeve, but if that's the team we have to go with to New Camp, then you know we'll be fine. Which is a hell of a statement. But it's a great confidence booster, similar to like what we saw um, in the League Cup final this year, where like people questioned Klopp sticking with yeah. uh, Kelleher, the yeah. like second choice goalkeeper. But he from the off was like, no, he got us through the semi final. Yeah, yeah. He's got us through all the cup rounds. He will play in the. In the final, which is I, a huge gamble. I loved his quote was, um, I'm two people. I'm a professional manager, f- professional football manager and a human, the human one. That's great. I hadn't seen that quote. Great that is quote, lovely. Yeah. I bloody love quote. And uh, he's the best number two in the country. Yeah, I saw that and thought, <laughs> yeah, let's move, let's move on, Jürgen. You're getting a bit carried away. <laughs> Drunk on your own success. That was great. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we were talking about... Um, Shearer saying, you know, they just hope that United didn't show up. Again, I mean, Hullet obviously had his problems that day, but his quotes afterwards were quite uh, insightful in the sense of, well, revealing, I guess. Uh, his quote was, we were punished for our mistakes. The effort was right. The players worked hard and I can't ask for more. But every time we were on top, we made a mistake that cost us. In the end, we have to be thankful they did not get four or five. Yeah, I mean, it just says it all. It, it does, doesn't it? Absolutely like, says it all. it's not close. Then, is it? Like, yeah. you you feel like you've got away with it by losing two 0 Yeah, which I don't know. Maybe that was just how other teams, other than Arsenal, felt at that time. Because United would give some dickens out at that. Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, um, it might not have been this year, but obviously the headline was when they beat Ipswich. Was it nine 0 Oh yeah, yeah. But I can't. It may have been this year, but yeah. United, Andy Cole got five, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, but might yeah. been this year. Yeah, United just being ruthless was not, like you say, not unheard of. No, not at all. So there we go. One benefit for Newcastle um, was with United winning the double, similar to Arsenal the, the season before. Uh, the UEFA Cup place, usually reserved for the cup winners, went to Newcastle as cup runners up. Interesting. Which I think that's a bit of a cop out. I think that should go to the next team in the league. No, I think you're. That's a romantic because, yeah, statement. I, I was going to use that word exactly. I was like, I think I like the romance of it. I I really miss the cup winners' cup. I just think it's such a great I, I, idea. But one team plays thirty eight games and doesn't get rewarded. One team plays six yeah, games. Yeah, you've got to turn up in the six important ones, though, haven't you? That's it. You can you can coast past the likes of Ipswich and Middlesbrough, but you've really got to earn it. You know, beating West Ham on a replay. That is brilliant. So um, I'm going to do it for you, Lou. I'm going to do it. Let's move into extra time. Yes. Well, you have just witnessed 90 of the most gripping minutes of European football you will ever, ever see. But the good news is there's more to come. So extra time is it's a bit of a narrative because it almost kicks... Well, it depends on your view. Some people don't agree with this. Some people absolutely see it like this. And how the FA Cup changed after this year or what happened in the following... Oh, is this the headline at the start, the thing you've been teasing, the death of the FA Cup? Yeah, so it it might be a little bit of a a question that we we talk about, you know, I don't know. I mean, for you and for me, FA Cup finals become less memorable from this point on, which is weird being that we were growing up and watching more football, which is indicative of something, but... Anyway, let's let's just talk about what happened. So, with victory in the 99 final, um, Man United would become the first English club to win uh, the double on three occasions. Wow. 94, 96 and 99, which is incredible, yeah. being that doubles don't come along 
very often at all. Um, so they obviously won the double. They then completed the treble four days later, very famously in in the dying minutes of uh, the Champions League final at the New Camp uh, against Bayern Munich. I mean, the fact they did it against the German team was one of the most satisfying, satisfying. Pe- pieces of television I've ever seen. Well, there's a German word for that. It's the Schadenfreude, <laughs> taking delight in other people's misery. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Because this is the thing, again, it was... It was a terrible cup final in as much as United were battered from pillar to post that game. They weren't great that they, day. No, yeah, they yeah. really weren't. They really struggled. And obviously the way that they win it. And I think at the end, I want to say Michael Tarnat, but it might not be Michael Tarnat. One of one of the defenders for Bayern Munich, the moment the whistle goes, drops to, a knee, drops to his knees and starts punching the floor mm. out of just anger and disappointment. And I could have, that is like an amuse-bouche. Just <laughs> Just a, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. If, I, if you could like dilute that yeah and just sell it oh just oh the satisfaction <laughs> yeah, brilliant poor old germans um so yeah so you know i claim the treble feet no as we've mentioned the feet no english team had managed before so into the the thing that we've talked about this whole process led to a controversy that may affect the future of this podcast oh give it to me <laughs> give it to me you'll remember it as soon as i say it man united decided well even that's a controversial statement. Now I know. Now decided I know. not to defend their FA Cup title the following season, having been in, invited to compete in the inaugural FIFA World Club Championship in Brazil. So there was a lot of backstory to this, yeah. and there's, you get different stories the more you read into it. Man United didn't decide, according to Ferguson or Martin Edwards. They were pushed, nudged, close to blackmailed, um, very much kind of like you need to do this with the the kind of the 2006 world cup hosting being the thing that was being floated yeah because we had bidded for it haven't we right so the fa encouraged the club publicly this is what we know the fa encouraged the club to take part in the new tournament as they believed it would help their bid to host the 2006 fifa world cup that's so interesting because my memory of this which obviously i was relatively young but my memory was that the fa were pissed at ferguson for not interesting going isn't the it FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. yeah the more the more i read into this the more it was like, this isn't clear at all right, what actually happened. Loads of different viewpoints. One of those stories where it's like, you'll never know what yeah. actually happened. Although it does sound, that's why I've mentioned that one. That one sounds the most real. Right, interesting. Because I don't know how much Fergie would have been tempted by a a bit of a Mickey Mouse tournament across the world in the middle of the season. No, but I do, the flip side to that is, again, Ferguson was so ahead of everyone else. Was True, he yeah. aware of the power switching towards European competition and even from like a financial and sponsorship point of view, like there's a reason that Man United are still, even though they've not had success in five years, yeah. they're still like the most marketable company yeah, in the world. So I wonder, the other flip side, I, like you said, I have no idea which is correct, but sometimes I'm like, did Fergie know that whilst the FA Cup was important historically, moving forward, it would be about Europe, it would be about the world game? Well, ironically, that's that's what happened as a result of whatever the decision or the push, or, you know, that's essentially what some people argue ha- happened. Ferguson initially suggested that the FA could allow his team a buy. So this is what he wrote. Yeah. Uh, a buy to a later round of the competition to help alleviate the fixture congestion. The FA countered saying that Man United should simply pull out of the FA Cup altogether. That's what Ferguson's viewpoint is. You're right in the sense that that's not what the FA yeah, kind of sure. people Public, said. Yeah. Um, they they wouldn't have diminished their own no, that's, cup. Yeah. Um, is how they see it. Martin Edwards, the um, chairman of United at the Times, called it a no-win situation. If they pulled out, 
um, of the FA Cup, they would be derided like they were for belittling, devaluing the, a, the, a tournament which is as much part of the English heritage, in English football heritage. Um, but obviously, if they didn't play, they would potentially harm England's chances of winning the winning 2006 the World, Cup World Cup. It later turned out that the FA Cup sacrifice was completely in vain. FIFA suggested strongly that their participation in the competition would have absolutely no bearing whatsoever on the vote to host the 2006 World Cup. Interesting. Something that the uh, FA claimed was FIFA doing the dirty on them. Yeah, and it sure. all got a bit messy, didn't it? Yeah. Do you remember the 2006 yeah, vote? Yeah, yeah. It was all kind of like... We went into that. I remember watching it live. We went in thinking we had a chance yeah. and we went out in the first round. And yeah, I remember all, yeah, all the yeah. faces of the FA like, what? Yeah. Hang on, that's not what we were expecting. And they basically did the dirty on yeah. them. Um, so really interesting. So uh, uh, ultimately the German Football Association won the 2006 uh, World Cup and there's a lot of suggestion to say that was always what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, and so that they just nudged uh, United into uh, this situation. Who knows what actually happened, but what actually realistically happened is that the champions of England turned their nose up at a competition because it didn't hold the value. Yeah, I mean, Ferguson wouldn't have been dropping out the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess the, the, the question that we're left with at the end of this week's um, podcast is, did the FA Cup's value diminish? Well, yeah, it's, le- it's very much letting the cat out of the bag. Isn't it like once it's out now? Yeah. Like once someone has divided it, and not just someone, Alex Ferguson, Man United, champions. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, at the that big point, teams don't really want to win this. Yeah. yeah. Can you ever go back? But it's interesting because even now people talk about obviously the FA Cup not being that important, League Cup not being that important, um, which is true because a lot of the bigger squads because they can like experiment throw yeah. a lot of their but you still notice that when it gets to the semi-final oh, final, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they still put all of their best players in it's like oh we don't care we don't care we don't care and then you get to a semi-final we really care but trophies are currency yeah that's right that, that's, that's, that's the problem with that is you know like Wenger lasted probably more seasons than he would have if yeah. he hadn't won the FA Cup as much as yeah, he had yeah very true so I think yeah there's an element where that the trophy I know Klopp's not in trouble at all but that trophy yeah, helps people, the narrative was you need silverware yeah. to commemorate this period yeah. Um, similar with what gets um, aimed at Pochettino with Spurs, did an amazing job at Spurs, but never won anything. So, yeah. will he be remembered? Is it was it a golden time for Spurs because they didn't really win? Exactly. Anything? Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because Spurs obviously made the Champions League final and had an yeah. amazing run in the Champions League final. But this is the difference between you, the business of football and the fans mm-hmm. of football. Is the business of football is they want to make money, which is Europe. Yeah. The fans want glory days. Yeah. So. I know it's difficult, but Arsenal, for instance, great example, they went year after year after year of, yes, they qualified for Europe, but they were also runs. Yeah. Also runs in a in a, in a a title contention. Mm-hmm. Third, fourth, fifth, yeah. you know, just about scraping into Europe year after year after year. So the board is happy. Yeah. But the fans are like, where's Hold my on. trophy? Yeah, exactly. It's similar, like Leicester's a good example where Leicester made it to Champions League, obviously not done anything in it, yeah. but they had the FA Cup win and you guarantee you speak to any Leicester fan. Yeah. Like, I know obviously Lineker was very passionate about getting to go around Europe yeah, to yeah. watch Leicester, which, yeah, is great, but I still think if you said to Lineker, would you have rather won the FA Cup or got to travel around Europe? He absolutely would say the FA Cup, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think most football fans would. Yeah. So anyway, that lays almost from from next um, next week's episode. That lays the kind of foundation of do we see that play out? And it'd be interesting to have a, keep an eye on that. Do we actually see that play out, or is that just a bit hindsight? The narrative. That's how people have put it. Because yeah, football was changing anyway, but yeah. this is a good thing yeah. to hang your your coat on. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so thanks very much, Adam, for leading us through the '99 Cup final. We now enter the millennium. Yeah.